Welcome back to Two Knicks Talk Sports, week two of the NFL season wrapped up. We're recording episode two of our podcast here, um, just recapping some of the weekend's happenings in our personal life, on the football field and fantasy field. Um, I'm Nick Minocchio, here with Nick St. Lawrence. Yo! Um, just looking over uh, some of the stuff from the weekend, we both had some interesting weekends here personally. Um, spent the weekend in Atlantic City myself for a bachelor party. Did okay hitting the casinos down there and uh, was able to take some money home. Um, Mr. St. Lawrence here, how was Foxwoods? Foxwoods, always pure fun with the group that we had. A bunch of misfits. Uh, had a blast. Got to check out uh, the DraftKings Sports Bar. If you haven't had a chance to go check that out, please do. Uh, pretty epic setting to watch uh, football on a Sunday. Uh, was, I had some lucky bets, so I uh, can't complain. The um, casinos in AC that had the sports books that we went to, uh, Oceans being one of them, gorgeous. The, the, they've done I mean, AC's run down from what it used to be, but they're building it back up right now and um, couldn't talk higher of it outside of you know the local people that you're going to run into there and the population but outside of that everything was everything was a blast from the Airbnb to the guys that we went down with um, you know the casino experience the clubs that type of stuff everything was uh, was a great weekend got to watch a little bit of the games um, headed back on Sunday so kind of cut into a lot of my viewing time in the NFL but uh, we have a ton a ton to recap from the week um, wild wild week two wild week two I'll give you that we'll start off with on Thursday the 15th uh, probably the biggest matchup of the week with the Chargers and Chiefs what are your big take homes away from uh, this game Nick the Chiefs winning I think everyone I can't say everyone but everyone that I that I talked to saw that coming um, the Chiefs still the class of that division at least in my perspective um, you know maybe second favorite behind Buffalo for the AFC but Mahomes is gonna do Mahomes things he didn't have the greatest game but when they needed him he was pretty perfect no turnovers again um, my my biggest biggest takeaway is without Keenan Allen Herbert still looked like a stud, absolute yeah. stud. Could, couldn't couldn't not agree more. My thing is, is everybody was a, a little upset uh, week one. I think um, Mike Williams only had a couple receptions for like ten or fifteen yards. He came alive. He was electric in the first half. Uh, I think a majority of his uh, receptions and yard totals were in the first half. He had an amazing one-handed catch, uh, which is just awesome to watch uh he looked at like a man amongst boys out there uh second half uh till a different tape for him anyways he didn't do much he stayed relatively quiet in the second half herbert spread the ball around a little bit gerald everett um had a good game he had 10 targets six receptions 71 yards however he was a target on that major interception in the red zone the pick six, um yeah. and that was uh i think that was the where the tide turned uh, for the Chargers, unfortunately. After that happened, they, they kind of lost their wheels and 
That was it. I mean, that's what the Chargers do. Bad turnovers in some capacity. Um, I think if the Chargers played maybe the first three quarters of every game, they might be the best team in the league. They're just somehow, some way in the fourth quarter, always going to do something wrong from a special teams perspective, you know, muffing a punt or a bad turnover, letting up a big play, something along those lines. The Chargers just always seem to screw it up in some form or fashion. Obviously, like last year at the end of the end of the Raiders game as well, where the Raiders were essentially going to go for the tie, and then the Chargers called the timeout, and then the Raiders decided to kick the field goal and win the game. Um, it's just something that's always going to happen to them. I feel like it's just built into their DNA. I root for Herbert. And I, I, I like other guys on the team. Big fan of Eckler and owner of them, fantasy-wise. Just they always somehow screw it up. Yeah, I agreed. Good to see J.C. Jackson back. He was out with injury. He came back. He get he did get burned uh, on a long touchdown uh, to Watson uh, in the first half. However, again, good to see him out there after injury. Even though um, you know he left the New England Patriots. He was still uh, one of my, you know, uh, favorite defenders that we had. Uh, I think the the best part of the game uh, from a viewer standpoint was watching Derwin James go WWE on, you know, uh, Kelsey and uh, pick him up and, you know, get a tag team partner to pile drive him into the ground. It was pretty insane. Um, All I know is that never happened to Gronk. That's a big uh, negative, sir. Never happened to Gronk. Um, the Chiefs look still like a Super Bowl contender. I mean, it's going to it's ultimately it's going to all ride on Mahomes, can he carry him there, but the defense looked, you know, decent, I would say. They held up for the most part. Um Herbert's numbers were awesome, video game-esque, but again, that big that big pick six basically changed the game and ultimately won it for KC. So um I know KC's got some interesting games coming up as well, so it's going to be Fun to see where they go, I guess, with the, the rest of the season. Uh, that division should just have high-scoring games every every divisional game. Um, that, that brought us into Sunday. And the 1 o'clock slate of games on Sunday, uh, I'm not sure if you can if you can script some of these games the way that they all they all ran out. But um, the, the, the next one we'll hop into was the Jets-Browns, which looked like the Browns were going to have a victory. Um, Chubb scores a touchdown, brings them up 13, I believe, and all hell broke loose from there. Um, I feel like partly it's my fault because I talk shit about Flacco and the Jets, and if anyone knows us, myself and Nick, that is, when we talk shit about a player or a team, they are ultimately going to do the complete opposite from what we say. 100% of the time. So Flacco heard that I said that he sucked, and he threw for four touchdowns and led them to 17 points in the fourth quarter and a one-point win. Yeah, it, 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 it was wild. Uh, I think a lot of survivor pools probably took uh, Cleveland this week. I know um, you know line was pretty good beforehand. You know, for those betters that were just, you know, betting on that spread. Because uh, Flacco was, in in fact, the quarterback. Uh, Nick Chubb, again, didn't disappoint. Talk about somebody that gets uh, no love. Uh, 17 carries, 87 yards, three touchdowns. He was, uh, he's just a stud. He didn't get in the end zone last week, but he sure did this week. Uh, I think the story of the day, though, uh, is Garrett Wilson. Uh, the guy just came out and balled out. Uh 
He did what everyone was hoping Elijah Moore would do. Eight receptions, 102 yards, two TDs. Um, but he had 14 targets, uh, and majority of them were red zone targets. So, um, I mean, we'll be talking about him later on in this uh, podcast. But he uh, he definitely balled out as, as a rookie. Um, another guy on the receiving core, which seems to pop up year after year as some sort of waiver wire superstar at some point, is Corey Davis. Um, the 66-yard touchdown obviously made a you know a big dent for his day, but he had two for 83 in a TD. I picked him up last week on a on a team not in our league, and stashed him on the bench. And I'm happy I'm ha- happy I'm have him. Um, it just he's very very hit or miss. But it might have been two years ago he had a heck of a season. I believe it was in Tennessee. Then he came over to the Jets from there. He can absolutely be wide receiver three-ish territory. Um, and if you can land that off of the waiver wire, it's it's huge. It's going to de- be dependent on, I guess, obviously Flacco keeping this up. And, and and if, when Zach Wilson does come back, because I'm assuming at some point he is going to come back, what that quarterback room is going to look like and what that quarterback quarterback play is going to look like is Wilson going to drop off um, I mean I don't think Flacco is going to be a you know 300 yard four touchdown type of guy it you know maybe once a year uh, just happened to be this week but yeah we'll see and then um, one of the other takeaways that I had from the game was the split between Hall and Carter so Brees Hall looked like the better back um, I mean from a from a carry perspective I don't think he got involved a ton in the pass game. He had one target for 10 yards, but just looked more explosive than Michael Carter. Uh, He had a 23-yard rush at one point. Ended up with just seven carries for 50 yards, but a lot of that was gameplay and game script dependent. They were losing most of the game, so I I don't think that they were able to rush the ball um, a ton, but I I see him the next week or two kind of taking over that job, and if they do have games with their where they're winning and they can run the ball I think he can be in like the 15 to 18 carry range as well yeah I, I definitely agree with you I think you're gonna see uh the change of pace go back if Zach Wilson does come back you're gonna see those two guys running the ball uh, you know last week it seemed like My- Michael Carter was the guy he got you know a ton of burn and you know even though Brees Hall got a, a lot of targets last week but this time like you said I I agree he had he looked like the more explosive back. He did get in the end zone on his one uh, catch. Um, but Flacco, through uh, two games, has 616 yards passing, which ranks him third in the NFL. Um, if you told me that that was going to be the case, I would have I laughed at you. So, uh, again, if we talk trash, there's a pretty good chance you should go to whatever betting site that you can uh, and put money on that person because they're probably going to blow up. All of their overprops the following week are going to hit immediately, um, which is going to come up later on with some of our, you know, hits and misses from the week. <laughs> um, another wild type of game, um, which I didn't really see coming, but the Commanders at the Lions. Lions took a 22-point lead. It was 22 to zero going into the half. Whatever happened at halftime, the Commanders came out and scored 27. In the second half, Wentz did Carson Wentz things yet again. 337, three TDs, a horrendous interception. Uh, He was sacked five times. 
all over the place. Um, I don't know what to make of Washington, honestly. I mean, they're one and one. I think they have Philly upcoming this week as well, which is going to be an interesting divisional game. But I don't really know what to make of them. They didn't run the ball very well at all. Um, their receivers kind of all over the place. McLaurin was targeted eight times, but still pretty silent. I think he had 75 yards, um, just four catches. Curtis Samuel looked really good. Was definitely one of the waiver guys that we talked about in week one. Probably the best receiver on the team right now. Him and uh, Jahan Dotson. Dotson caught another touchdown, so I think that brings him up to three on the season. Logan Thomas looks decent coming off, coming back off the knee injury. Um, yeah, they're just they're an interesting team to watch, yeah. but I, I I just can't believe in Wentz no matter no matter what. He's actually second in the league uh, in passing, which is again one of those things that uh, it's hard to believe. Again, I wouldn't take uh, too much um, into it, you know, being it's week two of the NFL. Uh, J.D. McKissick did get involved heavily in the passing game with seven receptions for 54 yards, which is kind of the Antonio Gibson role last week. It seems like uh, when they got behind, they went away from Gibson and you yes. know um, went to McKissick, which uh, is concerning if you're an Antonio Gibson uh, owner, which I am. Uh, not to mention uh, if you guys have seen um, Brian Robinson, you know, videos early this week. He was doing some ladder drills, you know, on the sideline, you know, already uh, doing some agility stuff. So, which is awesome to see if somebody you know, had such a horrendous uh, injury, you know, that was off the field, had no control over. So he should be back uh, in a couple weeks. So it's going to muddy the waters a little bit more. But I will say, uh, as inconsistent as Wentz might be, he does have a ton of uh, options. So uh, if Dotson's still available on the wave wire, it's something we'll probably talk about later. Uh, go and uh, snipe him up. And on the other side, Amon St. Brown is um, a stud, complete stud. He just looks like he's not going to stop. I mean, uh, at the end of last season, he was on a rampage, and he's starting this season on that same exact rampage. Um, off air, Nick told me a pretty insane stat that I didn't know about. I'll let him um, tell you guys. But uh, St. Brown, Brown reminds me of Antonio Brown where he's not overwhelmingly big size-wise, he just, just just gets open every time he gets open. It's like relatively similar to Stefan Diggs in that sense too, where he's going to get a ton of targets, but he's always open. Whether the, whether the ball is caught or not typically isn't his fault. It's usually whether the pass is going to be there or not. Um, I believe it was uh, Field Yates that put the stat out, but Amron St. Brown is the first receiver in NFL history with eight straight games of eight receptions and a touchdown. Um, it's it's never happened before that a, a player's had 64 catches, eight, eight games, um, and a touchdown in every single one of them. So no Calvin Johnson, Jerry Rice, Antonio Brown, no Brandon Marshall, none of those guys have done it. Um, and he's doing it with Jared Goff as his quarterback. So Goff, another one that's probably proving a ton of people wrong right now. Um, he trusts him though. He, he definitely four touchdowns Brown. on the, on the day. Um, didn't have the greatest second half, but he played well. They um, they kept DeAndre Swift on a pitch count, like they kind of mentioned that they were going to. And Swift got in the end zone, uh, two for thirty one receiving, uh, five for fifty six on the ground. One of those being a fifty yard rush. Um, 
he's a he's a, just a home run hitter from anywhere on the field. He can score. They're gonna they're gonna keep him on a pitch count. It seems like they they don't want him to get injured. I think they're they're trying to keep you know uh, keep his carries down, keep him healthy as possible. And we mentioned this last week. Detroit is just gonna be one of those teams that they're gonna be fun to watch. They're gonna be the team that people are gonna bet their overs every week, and they're probably gonna hit you know the majority of them at this point. They're just going to score a lot of points, and their do- their defense isn't the best. Um, but they're entertaining to watch, that's yeah, for sure. And, and well coached. I mean, co- uh, coach is always holding them accountable and riling them up. And he's got them all uh, believing in uh, not only what he's preaching, but in themselves. Uh, and, I mean, they could have killed over last week uh, to Philly, and they made the second half a game, and they came out and balled out this week. So uh, we'll see. Uh, again, uh, entertaining to say the least. Um, next game up on the slate <clears throat> was the Buccaneers at the Saints. Divisional game. They hate each other. Both the teams hate each other. We know that. We know the the, the backstory with Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore, which obviously flared up again this week. Um, Brady looked bad in the first half. I know the second half after they lost Mike Evans, he actually played much better. Um, the Saints' D is... I would say good. I would say they're they're relatively underrated. Um, Tampa's D is unbelievable. They've let up 13 points through two games. That's going to be what I I think keeps them in it all year. Um, obviously Brady is is going to be there, but they're just without weapons, especially if Godwin stays out for any longer. Um, they, they're they're just they're they're down as far as offensively with the offensive line being, you know, pieced together, I guess. Um, Fournette looks good, I would say. Um, for, for what the offensive line is, he played, you know, 87% of the snaps, something along those lines. Um, you know, running backs typically aren't doing that. He's definitely a bell cow. I just wonder if eventually that comes back to kind of bite them later on in the season even midway through the season he's never had that many snaps and when he did he gets injured afterwards yeah i mean everyone was quick to the waiver wire to uh pick up rashad white and you know um uncle lenny was not getting much love in the preseason saying that he was overweight and all this stuff but uh he's really in a backfield by himself right now unless injury does happen and hopefully it doesn't he seems to be the guy that's going to get all the work uh, in pass protection. Tom trusts him, so he's going to be on the field. Uh, his numbers aren't fantastic, averaging 2.7 yards a carry. But again, going against uh, you know New Orleans uh, front seven, I mean, uh, they were stouted to be one of the top five defense in the league. I don't believe that they are at the moment, but uh, they're no slouch. So definitely not easy running for Fournette had a pretty decent uh, game, uh, kept them in a play action uh, going for Tom. Uh, on the flip side, no Camara. Uh, rib injury is out. Uh, Mark Ingram did well in his absence, 10 carries, 60 yards, averaging six yards a carry. You know, they didn't really establish a mu- much of a run game, and Jameis did Jameis stuff. Um, I think he actually went out, yeah, went out with injury. And um, uh, it looks like Todd Bowles kind of, you know, uh, he had a quote before the game that, you know, this isn't really a rivalry because, you know, Orleans keeps winning. Uh, that kind of got put to rest. Um, I think that 
tale that uh, changed the tides of the game was uh, Tom Brady drawing, you know, at, at defenders. Uh, more importantly, um, uh, Lattimore. Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore, which had Uncle Lenny step up. He gets hit in the head, and then Mike Evans comes to his defense and, you know, throws him to the ground. Now, you know, Mike Evans will be uh, suspended for one game is, is, is what they're saying now, whether or not that – uh, gets appealed or not, we'll see. But right now, Mike Evans uh, suspended for a game. Uh, but then right after that, like uh, Nick said earlier, Tampa Bay went on a, like a run. They you know scored 17 in the fourth and you know uh, clinched this victory. Chris Olave, or the rookie, uh, led uh, New Orleans in uh, targets and uh, yards. Uh, so five for 80. Uh, good things up for. The guy that can has some wheels. Uh, Michael Thomas did find the end zone again. Six receptions, 65 yards, and a TD. Uh, but they came up short, 20-10 to 10, Tampa Bay. Thomas and Olave both play about 80% of the snaps. They're going to get the majority of the targets. Jameis is going to push the push the ball down the field. You know, having no Kamara definitely didn't help. But Ingram was decent, I think. He was, he was okay. He was 10 for 60. But... Um, Olave and Johnson, and then, excuse me, Olave and Michael Thomas. Um, the one other guy I wanted to touch on was Juwan Johnson, tight end. He's their tight end there. Jameis has always passed the ball to tight ends for the most part. You know, they, they've never ended top five type of guys, but he will spread the ball around, and he likes throwing the ball down the middle of the field. Juwan Johnson's a pretty athletic guy. Um, definitely kind of one of those, you know, sleeper waiver wire guys if you do need a tight end um, someone maybe to stash he could end up with you know six to eight touchdowns at the end of the year if he can stay healthy especially if guys like Landry who are getting targets right now who are probably going to end up injured at some point um, throughout the season um, just someone else to, to kind of keep an eye on throughout the season question Nick if Jameis was to miss time because uh, apparently he might be a little beat up who gets the the duties? Is it going to be um, uh, let's see um, who do they have from a from a quarterback perspective? Yeah, I mean they've said is it going to be? Are they going to go back to Taysom Hill? Are they they've gonna... said they've said Hill is staying a tight end. Okay. They also said that in the preseason, and then week one he lined up as a quarterback, took a direct snap, and ran the ball seventy yards down the field. So that shows you you can trust what their coaching staff says about, you know, as much as you can trust a Atlantic City local. Um, I don't know what they would do without Jameis, but he, him with the injured back, with four fractures or whatever he has yeah. in his back. So Dalton maybe? Uh, doesn't look good. If the Red Rocket comes in, there's they might as well <laughs> just ship it for the division at that point and, you know, play for next season. Um, I don't even – I don't know what Jameis's contract looks like if they re-signed him for – a ton of money how much longer he has left on that but I have to I have to guess that this is a make or break season especially with Michael Thomas being back them drafting Olave and, and having weapons kind of all over if if Jameis ends up you know injured and out you know this could be his last his last for a while. well if Dalton do, does come in and Kamara comes back maybe they can stop feeding the rock like um you know he's supposed to uh he had a pretty hilarious uh reception in game one he just like went out into the flat 
he was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm open over here uh, and and got the ball. And it was on, you know, a, a bunch of different sites is like a funny way to James just wants ball. to push the ball down the field. Yep. That's all he wants to do. He's not he's not a check down. He's not a check down type of guy. It's why he ends up with you know, leading the league in interceptions year after year or at least close to it. I think some uh, Tampa Bay defense had uh, that to say after the game. Like we knew what, you know, uh, Jameis is going to do. He's been here before. He's going to give it to us at some point. Uh, which brings us into our next game, uh, New York Giants and Carolina Panthers. And the New York Giants, the G-Men, are now 2-0, and which 2-0. is pretty wild. Um, and Baker is 0-2 and as the starter for the Carolina Panthers. Um, Baker is not looking good. You know, less than 50% completion percentage. I guess to be determined here how, how good the Giants' defense actually is because they may be, you know, that good. Um, the game was ugly, so ugly. Field goals all over the place. No one could get in the end zone. I think um, the the touchdown to DJ Moore, you know, saved him from a fantasy perspective. Outside of that, he had three for forty three on the on the game. He, he um, just never. They never got him going though. It was just it was just ugly. From yeah, Baker Baker just did not look good. McCaffrey ended up with a. a 49-yard rush, which kind of saved his day, putting him over 100 from a rushing perspective. Um, yeah, Carolina did not look good. I, I know we were exchanging this in the text in, in our um, uh, group chat, but Matt Rule is just a disaster as a coach. Uh, it, basically, when a team scores over 17 points, I believe they're 1-35 they're or whatever it was, something along those lines. He's just—he's going to be the first coach fired if they lose this upcoming week. I think they're playing. Carolina is playing New Orleans at Carolina. Um, I mean, that's a game that I can see New Orleans winning. Carolina starting 0-3. Then what do they do at that point? Baker is a one-year guy. You know, he's a holdover. They—they they don't have anyone else there. Um, yeah, they're in rough shape. Yeah, agreed. I mean. To be honest with you, even though uh, the G-Men, you know, won the game, and I can't take it away from them, good for them. I'm glad that they're 2-0. Um, you know, uh, Saquon, he couldn't really get going. He got bottled up for the most part. He didn't, you know, uh, he got up through volume, 21 carries, ended up with, you know, 72 yards. But their receiving game is just abysmal. I mean, Daniel Jones is is Daniel Jones. I mean, Richie James is the leading receiver uh, on the team. Sterling Shepard, another waiver wire target possibly. Again, another 10 targets. Didn't do much with them, though. Six receptions for 34 yards. Um, you know, uh, Tony, again, not getting involved whatsoever. Um, just just an ugly outing, uh, you know, as far as the passing game on both sides. Robbie Anderson, kind of a quiet game after, you know, going over 100 last game. Did have a fumble, lost. Uh, just a just an ugly game uh, overall. G-Men uh, by three. Um, one one last thing that we talked on, touched on this last week was Kenny Galladay played 3% of the snaps. Obviously, they're just phasing him out completely. Someone said that his locker was cleaned out at the end of the game. I don't know whether or not there's truth uh, to that, but the mannequin is possibly exiting the building. Just, yeah, just largest cap hit of any wide receiver in football. And I know, obviously, there's been change in in New York, and the same people that gave him the contract are not there, but that's that's just disgusting to see. 
And that brings us to the Patriots, the, the marquee matchup for us uh, of the week, uh, us versus the Steelers. Um, and I, I think the, the biggest take-home right now is that Mac does not seem like he's in a rhythm still. Like, it, you know, he did have 252 yards, you know, on uh, Pittsburgh. However, um, you know, they were out, you know, their probably best defender. Uh, but just no rhythm. It just uh, still was a little ugly. Nelson Aguilar did have an amazing catch uh, down the sideline, and he, he had no separation. He just went up and made a ridiculous catch and brought it into the end zone. So uh, good job to him because he's been getting a lot of hate. We paid him a heck of a lot of money. He's done almost absolutely nothing uh, with that. So um, he's getting some burn and, and trying to earn some more minutes. Uh, our run game wasn't terrible. I mean, we averaged, you know, over four, four yards a carry between Damian Harris and Ramondre, but uh, just we seem to get away from it. Uh, Damian Harris, again, uh, 15 for 71 in a TD, but I feel like we could have ran the ball more. Um, the one the one thing that they did do really, really well, they got the ball at, I want to say it was 649 left in the game, 17-14. They ran the clock out and didn't give the ball back to Pittsburgh. They, they vintage Bill Belichick type of run the clock out. Mac had three um, scrambles himself. I believe they were two of them were for first downs on that last drive. Harris, Stevenson, Jones were just over and over and over, and they just pounded the ball. Um, strange, the the kid that they took in the first round, the offensive guard, just destroyed Cam Hayward on a few plays. Trent Brown after week one looked horrendous this week looked much better david andrews looks good if they can get the offensive line right mac stays upright um you know Aguilar, myers Bourne, they, they they're gonna have a shot to win some low scoring games it's gonna be the games that they get into they're not gonna be able to outscore teams you know 35 31 i just don't think they're gonna win those type of games they're gonna be in a lot of games that end up under you know hence this one uh you know Hopefully this upcoming week too, they play Baltimore. If they can contain them a little bit as well, they're gonna they're just gonna run the ball a lot. Um, Mac did throw it 35 times, but I don't think that'll be the recipe for a lot of different games upcoming. Um, Harris went down with an injury, but he said he was okay afterwards. Yeah, thankfully. he did do the presser afterwards, which is usually a good thing if you have an injury. So I, I he, agree. Yeah, he said he was fine. Ramondre got uh, go, going a little bit. You know, he had a couple really tough runs where he had defenders on his back. Um, he needs to get going more. Um, Najee was okay. He got a lot of volume at five receptions, 40 yards uh, through the air, and then coupled it with 15 carries of 49 yards, which for all those managers that were skeptic about, uh, you know, him playing and picking up Jalen Warren on, you know, off waivers, um, I can kind of give you a breath of fresh air that he'll, he's at least going to still be the bell cow there. I don't know. Who do you do you trust uh, anyone from either of these two teams in fantasy uh, as a starter at this point? I mean, I unfortunately own Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. Um, I actually own Fryermuth as well. Um, Pittsburgh, they 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 play early this week. I believe the Thursday game. Um, they they lose. I'm assuming they make the switch from Trubisky at this point. Trubisky's been brutal. Uh, 168 this week. I, I think last week he wasn't that much better i know they won but it wasn't because of him it wasn't on offense it was i mean basically minka fitzpatrick is is 
trying to carry them to you know to wins. Uh, and no from, Watt this week either. So from from the defensive perspective, the kid is just unbelievable. I mean, they gave up a first round pick for him, and he's worth every penny of it. I uh, I wish the Pats had Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, outside of them, I mean, the, the their offensive line does not look good. Najee has no room. Uh, I mean, even when Jalen Warren ran the ball, like they they just they don't they don't have any room. Um, Harris isn't going to be the fastest guy in the league, anyways. Uh, more of a you know Derrick Henry type of guy where he needs to keep his feet moving, and once he makes that one stop, it's going to be tough for him to start up again. But their offensive line just looks really bad, and Trubisky's not helping them. Um, you know, the teams are able to stack the box. I think Pittsburgh is going to be uh, kind of a disaster until they make that changeover. Once they make a changeover, the rookie, maybe that'll give them some, you know, the the kick that they'll that they'll need. But until then, I, I just don't see them competing in the in the AFC North. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think Deontay Johnson and Najee is still probably the only viable options right now that you can trust in in trust in what degree uh, is yet to be uh, known. Uh, Najee, again, if he keeps getting the volume, then you know he's going to put up some numbers. Deontay, again, got 10 targets, but not doing much with those 10 targets. Six yep. receptions for 57 yards. Did not get in the end zone. Um, Jacoby Myers on the flip side, I mean, maybe uh, as your wide receiver four, he might be able to get in games. Again, he's getting a ton of volume. 13 targets, 9 for 95, but the dude just is allergic to the end zone, so uh, it's just tough uh, to led trust the, him. Led the team in snaps from an off- offensive perspective. Um, I mean, he had 82% of the snaps. Devontae Parker, get him off the fucking team. <laughs> Little Jordan Humphrey play, played less snaps and had, you know, better output than him. Kendrick Bourne finally played. It, it, they're just, you're right. Jacoby's probably the only one from a receiving perspective. I mean, if I guess if you drafted Hunter Henry, you could he's very touchdown dependent that's pretty much all you're all you're playing him for at this point but Jacoby plays all the snaps he gets a lot of targets um he's just he's a he's a guy you could definitely stream in PPR and that's pretty much the majority of the Pats at this point yeah we'll see we got a uh another tough matchup this week um which we'll talk about uh in up our upcoming you know potential bets and stuff but Baltimore is not going to be an easy feat this week especially them coming off a loss so um, that moves us on to our next game, which is uh, Indianapolis versus Jacksonville, which uh, probably the biggest lopsided game uh, of the week. Uh, a lot of people thought this was going to be an easy go for the Colts, and it was the opposite. Uh, Jacksonville took uh, that one 24-0. Uh, again, uh, a quarterback change. Matt Ryan is now the quarterback of Indy. Uh, Carson Wentz of Washington. Carson Wentz in second place right now, and you know, uh, passing yards, and Matt Ryan had an abysmal day. Does Six, not look good. No, 16 for 30, 195, no touchdowns, three interceptions. I will say he was pretty much passing to uh, you and I, Nick. But um, No Pittman. Uh, but, again, I mean, the other guys get no paid to catch the ball and, and play football as well. They just did not look good. Jonathan Taylor, nine rushes for 54 yards. Did show up. They, they just, I mean, they, they were – they were just getting their ass kicked pretty much most of the game. Um, Jacksonville looks good. I have to say, uh, Doug Peterson is definitely a quarterback whisperer. Trevor Lawrence, not that any of us, I don't think, were you know out on him completely after his rookie season. He didn't have a coach, man. But so. he looks much better. He's 25 for 30 with two TDs. Um, he's got a big test coming this week in a road game. But 
they, you know, he looks good. James Robinson looks good. ETN is probably the one, I guess, you know, downer from from that game right now. He was getting drafted relatively high, and obviously he was a high actual draft pick in in the NFL draft. Um, Christian Kirk with two more TDs. Evan Ingram sighting, which is great because people are going to pick him up for fantasy, and then he'll go for you know one for six next week. But um, yeah, ETN is probably the only, I guess, takeaway that you could say you know, was a negative, you know, from this, from this game for them. I think, I think the biggest negative for ETN is that James Robinson, even though he got in the end zone, didn't look explosive, averaging 2.8 yards of carry. So you're thinking like, all right, when Travis comes in to spell him, he's going to show these bursts that he's supposedly uh, have, but he averaged 2.2 yards of carry. So uh, that's not gonna, that's not going to overthrow James Robinson, especially, you know, if they're winning. So, uh, that's going to continue. Zay Jones had a down day. He he was another waiver wire ad uh, last week. He had a lot of targets. People are ranting and raving about him in preseason. Quiet day, three for twenty-three, no end zone. Um, so we'll see moving forward. But Jacksonville, uh, it's not going to get easier for the Colts either. I mean, Kansas City's coming in this week, so yeah, good luck. I mean, they could easily be one and two. They you know, big time favorites. I, I felt like for for that game to get as to get beat as bad as they did was just really ugly. Ugly. I, whether they had Michael Pittman or not, I don't think would have, uh, you know, would have changed the outcome of that game. Um, another wild game, absolutely wild game. Dolphins and Ravens. Uh, Dolphins ended up winning the game 42-38. The Ravens led for most of the game. They were up 28-7 at half. Um, they were up 35-14 at the end of the third. Everyone was tweeting out, you know, Ravens 2-0 and and, and you know, this and that. Lamar Jackson looking like the MVP. Not that he couldn't win MVP with the numbers that he's putting up, but uh, the Dolphins put up an amazing, amazing fourth quarter. They had 28 points in the fourth quarter. Tua with six touchdowns, 469 yards. Looked like he was playing a Division two defense when he was back at Alabama. Um, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. 11 catches each, 190 for Hill, 171 for Waddle. Both of them two TDs. They just looked absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, everyone talked about it. Everyone had no faith in Tua, and he's uh, proven he's proven doubters wrong. Deion, you know, Sanders said it, you know, before the game that he was going to go out and ball out, and he'd be in the conversation for MVP again. It's week two, so we can pump the brakes, but... You cannot take anything away from him. He did ball out. Six touchdowns is still six touchdowns. He's leading the league in passing yards. Um, and Tyreek Hill is still Tyreek Hill. On the road as well. Yeah. Not at home. Not in the comforts of you know yeah. the Miami Heat. But on the road, Baltimore's not an easy place to play. Um, on, on the Baltimore side, Lamar Jackson is just unbelievable to watch. I mean, if there's one player that I feel like I could watch in the NFL – it would it might be him just because he is he he's if you take passing away Lamar Jackson has to be ranked in the probably top five to six best runners in the whole league and he's a quarterback the guy is just insane um, nine carries 119 yards and a, and a TD on the ground uh, they have no run game now besides him they have nothing they have established zero well, that's what I'm saying they uh, have I mean they don't have much besides him Andrews obviously is there. Bateman's um, been balling out, Bateman. but he's good. That he he still needs to prove himself. He did have a sweet, uh, quick slant across the middle of the field and just outran everybody uh, up the sideline for a TD, and it was yep. it was it was pretty nice. But 
Um, Duvernay eight. had a uh, kick return touchdown. He looked Start. very fast Started the as game. well. They, they, they definitely have some speed. They need Dobbins to come back healthy because obviously Kenyon Drake is is going to get released at some point. <laughs> Six Mike for Davis eight is five for four. I, I don't even know why either of them are even rosterable from an NFL or a fantasy perspective at this point. At this point, just give Justice Hill the ball until Dobbins comes back. Because I mean, the other two just they can't get anything going. No. I mean, insane. And they still play a fullback, which. Most NFL teams don't play fullbacks. They don't even have a fullback, and Ricard is is their fullback. They still, you know, so you would think that their running backs would actually, you know, carry for more than you know a yard or two if 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 they got the ball. Um, yeah, Lamar just just unstoppable. He can't play defense, so I I can't fault him for the loss. But you know, they did put up three points in the fourth quarter. He could have had something to do about that. Just a terrible, terrible loss for Baltimore. They could have easily won that game. You know, Miami just Miami looks good. Yeah, they will their way to win. Uh, another take home, uh, something to keep an eye on is this Roheem Moster and Chase Edmonds situation. Um, a lot of people uh, picking Chase Edmonds, you know, early in drafts. He's going to be the guy. Um, well, Moster, you know, comes from the coaching uh, tree of San Fran, uh, and now you know the head coach of Miami. So. Uh, they trust Moster, and he got 11 carries, 51 yards, and Chase Edmonds five for 33. Uh, again, um, you, you would think in this this game script, you know, Edmonds would get more because he's the receiving back, and yet they still uh, stayed with uh, Mostert. So the only thing I can say about Mostert is that the guy's glass. He doesn't, you know, and I hate to, you know, talk trash, but the dude never stays healthy. So uh, if you're, you know, worrying as a Chase Edmonds fan, you have something somebody else to you know start at this point in time do so um uh i also think edmonds is a buy low candidate right now if someone owns him and they're 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 worried about him i think he's a he's a trade candidate that i would that i would target if 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 someone in my league you know was worried about him and, and didn't want him um i'll i will absolutely take a, a passing risk you know running back on a high octane high octane yeah. offense yeah. um any day of the week uh, agreed. I just think that people just still have to understand that it's week two. Some of these teams don't even have their true identities yet. So, um, but again, something to monitor. So, uh, again, Mostert was the guy uh, for week two, and that brings us into our next game, which is Atlanta Falcons and uh, the defending Super Bowl champions Los Angeles Rams. Um, and listen, the coach been ranting and raving all week that needed to get Allen Robinson involved. Um, and they did. Uh, I don't know what you want to uh, take had, away from it. He could have had two TDs. Um, obviously, he only ended up with, with one, but he could have had two. I, I feel like it just gets glossed over because he's you know, unbelievable, but Cup, 11 <laughs> for 108 and two touchdowns. He had he had 14 targets again. He's he just holds the throne. Um, he's, at, at, at this point, not with age, but... It's almost like LeBron at this point where people just overlook him because he's so good. And uh, he's just – he's going to carry Stafford to great numbers. You know, Stafford had a turnaround game for sure. He still had two interceptions, which Matt Stafford just can't stop throwing interceptions. He's going to probably be close to league lead again. But they're going to put up a lot of points. Um, they, they let up more points than I think anyone envisioned here. You know, Atlanta ended up coming back in the second half as well, but 
they're gonna they're gonna outscore teams more than they're gonna shut teams down, you know, and win low scoring games. And the majority of that's gonna be on Stafford's shoulders. Henderson and Akers, you know, split time relatively equally. They both played decent. Henderson ended up in the end zone and, and Akers didn't. Um, but yeah, it's it's all gonna come down to whether Stafford can, you know, basically hook up with Cup, Higby, Robinson, a few of the backs and and, and outscore teams. Someone that I personally can't stand, and then after the game was talking a bunch of shit, was Jalen Ramsey. I can't stand the guy. The guy is unbelievable, and he's a hell of a player, and definitely a top, you know, 10, 15 defensive player in the league. I can't stand him, but, you know, he talks shit after beating the Falcons and letting up 27 points. God bless him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a, a couple things, uh, a couple take-homes that I have. Number one, um, you said it last week, Atlanta Falcons are going to just be fun to watch. Uh, their defense oh, yeah. is better than advertised. Uh, you know, they kept this thing a game. I know it's hard to say that when, you know, the Rams put up 31 points. But, again, uh, they have studs all over the field. Um Drake London is showing out right now in his rookie season, eight for 86 and a TD. Looks like the re- uh, leading receiver there, Kyle Pitts. Um, where are you? Kyle Pitts. He's on the he's on the milk carton. You know where is he? He's missing. I <laughs> uh, can't find him. Uh, I don't know where he is. And then you know I have Darrell Henderson uh, in 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 you know the league that um, Nick and I are in together and. I was excited last week because he got all the burn. Cam Akers just looked like, you know, uh, pretty abysmal. And then they came out and featured Cam Akers more this week, even though uh, Henderson had the early touchdown. But Cam didn't do much with it. He, he averaged 2.9 yards a carry uh, to Henderson's 4.7. So um, if if Cam's not going to, you know, be able to break loose and, you know, put up numbers, I'm hoping that, you know, Henderson gets uh, that burn back. But I think this is going to gonna kind of be a thorn in our side the whole, whole year unless something happens. I think that just going to keep changing it up uh, on a weekend and week out basis so something to keep an eye on and secondly Tyler Higby uh quiet didn't get in the end zone but again he's averaging a lot of targets nine targets again ended with seven for 71 but he's one of the highest targeted red zone players in the NFL so uh again if you're uh out there and you need uh, a tight end he might be someone to look at on the waiver wire this week uh just a heads up um one of the shittier stories of the week the 49ers Seahawks um Trey Lance getting injured I think I believe it was a broken ankle torn torn something in his foot or ankle as well had surgery Monday morning out Jimmy G plugged right back in looked great um San Fran looked good from a defensive perspective uh they 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 look like they rallied around Jimmy and the team likes him from a from a personality standpoint um just sucks to see trey lance i think a lot of people wanted to see what he could be and he just hasn't played a lot of football it's it for the past three or four seasons he didn't play at all last year uh the year before that he you know he didn't that that he didn't play when he was in college um there's just been years between him playing full seasons and that's got to be something that at this point is going to worry the 49ers because they gave up a ton of draft capital and players to draft him number three overall and it just doesn't look like he's obviously going to play the rest of this season and then what are they going to do next season Garoppolo's up contract wise they're not going to have him next year he's going to be gone and are they just going to remain committed to Lance at that point 
from a contract perspective, yes, but is he good enough to lead them to the playoffs and where he wants, where they want to be? Um, the weapons are all there. The defense is there. You know, they, they just they continue to run the ball, even though they have no running backs. They, the IU Samuel look like studs, both of them. Um, Jimmy G is good enough to win football games. So it just it just sucks to see that Lance get injured and you don't get him to you know get to see him for the rest of the season. Yeah, it kind of looked ugly when it happened. The foot was just kind of like off to the side and just you knew something was up. And it's unfortunate, you know, um, uh, healing vibes to to Trey Lance and trying to you know uh, have that psyche to remain confident they're gonna come back and be something after again a lot of you know uh, time missed uh, away from playing. Off. Uh, but Jimmy G uh, did come in uh, for everyone that went and picked up Jeff Wilson last week on waivers. They were repaid, 18 carries, 84 yards. Did not get in the end zone, but I think that will change in the future. If you're a Debo Samuel owner, uh, you have to be uh, chomping at the bit pretty excited with Jimmy G back. He's just going to end up being, um, I think, in that conversation of you know the top five receivers like we were talking about right last back week. Back to where he was last um, year, pretty much. I think Ayuk, um, you know, I think he'll lead. The receiving, I think you just got to uh, temper expectations because it's going to be a Debo show, I think, with Jimmy G. And then Kittle's due back at some point. I don't know if he's going to play next week or not, but uh, obviously when he's back, he's going to siphon targets as well. On the flip side of the ball, I can't really say anything uh, positive uh, about uh, Seattle. Uh, their game pace is putrid. They are just super slow. Didn't get anything going on the ground. Tyler Lockett had a come-out game. DK Metcalf didn't do anything. I think... Next week, Tyler Lockett could have, you know, two receptions for 27 yards and do nothing. So, from a fantasy perspective, it's very hard to trust any of these guys. I have DK in one league, and uh, it's hard to start these guys. Hard, hard to trust anyone on Seattle. They just uh, they don't look very good. I mean, we were looking at it right before we hopped on, and I drafted DK five spots before Amaran St. Brown went in our draft. So... I mean, the eggs on my face there. DK had a long, long, I want to say it was a, a flea flicker type of play catch that was an unbelievable one-handed catch that got called back for holding. But again, it, I mean, four catches is just not going to cut it. That's not wide receiver one or even wide receiver two territory. It's just putting him outside the you know, top 36. Um, you know, He's more of a flex play at this point. And, um, you just don't know what you're going to get from Geno. I think his... his, his I won't say his shine is wearing off after the week one win, but it's just going to be, I, I think it's just going to be downhill for Seattle for for a big part of the season. They have a tough division. A lot of those division games are going to be grind out type of games, and I, I don't, I'm not just positive they can hang with a lot of the teams in that division. Yeah, uh, which brings us into our next game, uh, Cincinnati-Dallas. Again, one of those games that when we went into the gambling segment at the very end of our first podcast. I stated that I liked the you know, Bengals to go and blow out Dallas, especially with no Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush was getting his first start um, of the 2022 season, and boy, was I wrong. Uh, Bengals just, they are uh, they're a mess right now. Offensive uh, line looks bad. Um, yeah. Dallas is front seven front four dominated that game and that was basically a big portion of why the Bengals have shitty numbers across the board from rushing receiving chase didn't do a ton burrow sacked six more times um it's just a repeat of last last year a lot of the games that cincinnati lost last year they got 
beat and you know from defensive line um, perspective beat their offensive line. Um, Lyle Collins signed over this year was supposed to sure up that right side. He got dominated. Uh, Micah Parsons looked really, 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 really good. Um, yeah, he's going to be up there right now for you know best defender of the year at, at this moment in time. And again, it's through week two, so you know uh, don't want to you know throw any shade at him, but he just looks unstoppable right now. Pretty much. Um, uh, good to see T. Higgins back on the field. He was out uh, all week in uh, concussion protocol. Came and played in the game. Led the team in targets, six for seventy-one in the TD. Um, putting uh, Jamar Chase in the backseat a little bit, 5 for 54, did not uh, get in the end zone. And on the flip side, Noah Brown, um, one of those guys that no one has a lot of faith in, but uh, only was targeted five times, made all uh, good on his five targets, five catches, 91 yards, and a TD. Um, one guy that we I – don't, I don't know if either of us own him in any capacity across the board, but Zeke, he just – he does not look like he has the burst – that he once did it, it looks like more of a plotter at this point um you know can still move the chains obviously on you know second and short third and short type of guy but Pollard just looks like the better player um, a lot more explosive he got in the end zone this week uh, you know and Zeke had more carries uh Pollard had four catches for 55 Zeke had one for negative four um he just he just looks like the better running back at this point and Zeke was getting drafted rounds and rounds and rounds ahead of Pollard at this point and I know they've committed to him financially but at some point they're gonna probably have to take a look at that won't be this season but maybe going into next year I know Jerry Jones loves Zeke Elliott but they're have a lot of a lot of money tied up with him and he's just not performing from uh from a RB1 perspective at all and Cooper Rush looked like didn't look bad. I'll tell you that. Not at all. I no. think I think he looked better than a better, lot of people yeah, better you know, than gave, him, gave him credit for. He looked better than Dak did the, the previous week, even though, you know, obviously Dak ended up with the injury. But, um, yeah, that division to the NFC East, the Cowboys are, are tough-pressed in that division. Philly being 2-0, and Giants 2-0, and they're already behind both of them. Um, so we'll see what Rush does moving forward. But I, I, don't, I don't have a ton of faith in Dallas. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to. I mean, you you lost Deck Prescott. Um, you know, uh, Gallup's due to be back at some point, but he's still not on the field. They lost Dalton Schultz uh, uh, in the first half of the PCL issue. I don't know, you know, how serious that knee injury is, and if he's going to be forced to miss time. But I'll tell you what, if he is uh, forced to miss time, that's one more uh, you know weapon they they will not have. So it's going to be more difficult for you know Dallas to move the ball. So. Uh, we'll find out, um, which leads us to our uh, next game, Nick. Take it away. More bad coaching. Houston <laughs> at Denver. The Denver Broncos are the worst one and one team in the league. I feel very confident saying that. Their coach is just, he's a disaster. They're, they, they're, they're taking timeouts at random times. They're, they can't score from inside the five-yard line. Javante Williams. Two weeks in a row. Melvin Gordon. Neither of them really have made, I I guess, headway on who's the number one there. They're still used. Both of them are used wrong in the the format that they're used. Again, my opinion. Who the fuck am I? But it it just, it doesn't make sense. Russell Wilson looks like a friggin' disaster because 
he's just a very erratic with the ball. Um, he looked terrible. The the what made Russ great in Seattle was they had a very good running game. They they prefaced themselves on the play action. He he used that's what Tyler Lockett was there for. Um, you know DK was good as a possession receiver. Russ made a lot of deep balls that I think we all thought that Sutton and Judy were going to end up with. And Sutton had a good game. Don't get me wrong. Seven for 122 is absolutely, you know, a very, very, very good game on 11 targets. Um, but outside of him, nothing. And they, yeah, but that, that a lot of that happened because Jerry Judy, again, another guy that has all these high hopes when they're getting down with a shoulder injury. So he's out. Hamler, you know, barely played. So maybe he'd come in and, you know, be that um you know burned it down the uh sideline but uh coupled with injury and coaching and this poor execution uh yeah the broncos just looked bad i thought they were going to be uh more of a favorite um you know and they just have not lived up to it on the flip side damian pierce um came in our boy uh from the patriots rex burkhead um uh, everyone was all high on him. He didn't even play. Uh, Damian Pierce, 15 carries, 69 yards, didn't get in the end zone. Uh, Nico Collins did step up after a week, uh, uh, week one. But, again, nothing to write home about. Brandon Cooks had 10 targets but didn't do much with them, 4 for 54. And, you know, if, if I'm a defend, uh, defense, I know that that's the guy that I need to cover because who else is there? So um, I think I Houston will end up being another team that gets faded a lot for unders in their games because they play slow. Um, you know, Mills is okay; he's not bad, and they're just they're 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 just not going to be a ton a ton of touchdowns there. Again, I think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit. Pierce looked, you know, like he was showing some burst, and Cooks is there, and you know, a few other guys. But I, I think they're just going to be an under type of team. Um, you know, pretty much all season. Yeah, agreed. Um, Another NFC team that I think people wrote off after the first week, uh, Cardinals at the Raiders. Um, talk about another just wild, wild, wild comeback. Um, Cardinals down 16, I believe, in the fourth quarter. Comeback. Uh, Kyler, again, I we might have talked shit about him week one. I'm not positive, but if we did, it well, probably you know, makes sense. He wanted to play video games and not watch, you know, film. And he he, he looked he, like he, he was in a video game in the fourth quarter. His his that rushing his touchdown was rushing, ridiculous. Rushing touchdown, a rushing two point conversion. Um, the the two point conversion rethreaded the ball in. I believe it was to AJ Green. Um, it was just unbelievable. The Raiders blew that game absolutely blew that game they were up 20 to nothing at half um you know 23 to 7 in the third quarter they they i feel like they played a decent game i'm not positive exactly how it all went down in the fourth quarter and 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 what happened but Devonte adams two catches for 12 yards and both of them were on the first drive yeah and he got the td other than that seven targets didn't couldn't do anything else with it. Hunter Renfro got knocked into uh, Jupiter. He's concussed. He's probably still concussed right now. Uh, again, if he clears, you should put money on him. He'll probably have the biggest game of his life this uh, upcoming week. But Matt Collins was uh, is their uh, leading receiver. Um, I just, again, they didn't show up in the second half. Just barely played um, three points total while, you know, uh, Kyler was going video game uh, on us. Uh, Conspiracy theory of mine. And I, I, I semi semi read a piece of this today is 
that Bill Belichick never hired anyone to take over the offense because he knew that Josh McDaniels was going to fail as the Raiders coach, and he'll eventually be back in the postseason. He's going to get fired week seven when they're Owen or one in six, Owen seven type of team, and uh, it's just not going to work out again. I mean, they were the darling of people were talking about them winning the division. They're Owen two already. They're 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 in a very 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 tough division, if not the toughest in the in the you know in the league. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if if they end up with a few more. I, I guess losses coming up. Um, they're at Tennessee this week. I'm 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 not going to sit here and say they're going to lose that game, but at Tennessee's never an easy place to play. Number one, and Tennessee just got their teeth kicked in. Um, you know, Tennessee. I think Vrabel's going to have Tennessee ready, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they start 0 and 3. What that's going to look like. They spent a lot of money on Carr. You know, the receivers a few guys on defense that type of stuff um it's not gonna look good if they start 0-3 yeah they need to they need to you know they need a little bit more of an identity i thought week one was more of more or less what we're gonna see but renfro waller and adams that you just you got to be better with that trio i just have to be on the flip side uh the trio seem to be zach Ertz, um marquise brown and greg dorch uh greg dorch again second week in a row that uh he's played pretty decent he did find the end zone marquise brown did not uh, but Ertz and Brown led the team in targets with 11 apiece. Um, but Connor it, went out. Yep, he uh, did. That's right. With a uh, with an ankle, Darrell Henderson, excuse me, Darrell Williams took over for a bit. Um, played, I believe, he played like half the snaps, something like that. Obviously, that had to do with Connor not being there. But they seemed to play better when they didn't have Connor in there, and Williams played well. He's going to definitely be, you know, one of the sought after guys waivers this week for sure um that's going to be something to watch as we go into to week three is you know connor's had ankle injuries before and they've lingered and he's you know not played well so definitely something to watch there. yeah the good thing is they said that it wasn't um a high ankle sprain so hopefully uh he doesn't miss too much time but definitely something to monitor if you are a connor owner uh you might want to go out and get him i don't think you know benjamin's the guy they seem to keep him in his passing down role and the bulk of the work and red zone work went to Darrell. so um something to take uh into account for waivers this week um sunday night game the bears at the packers this game went just the way I thought it was going to go, 100%. The Bears are just overmatched. Rodgers, he didn't have a, a monster game by any any you know terms, but 234 uh, through the air, two touchdowns, a few rushes for 10 yards as well. They just moved the ball at will. Um, Chicago may have gotten jobbed by the refs a few times. I think Fields got in. Um, with his uh, second rushing, which should have been his second rushing touchdown. You know, what are you going to do there? I, I, I just, th- I just don't think Chicago can win in Green Bay, and I understand Green Bay doesn't have the weapons that they did before. But Jones and Dylan are still, you know, thunder and lightning. They're going to play really well, and Chicago just, you know, they just, I don't know if it's they don't trust Fields, they don't believe in him, whatever it is, he. For a game that they were losing 
24 to 7 at halftime. He ended up with 11 passing you attempts. You can't throw the, the ball 11 times and expect to win. I just don't understand it. Like, they think that David Montgomery was going to run the ball and get him a W. Kudos to him. Average 8.1 yards to carry, 15 carries for 122, but no touchdowns. And they have no receiving yards. They had, they had 7 for 11 for 70 yards. If Fields had one interception, no TDs, except his rushing touchdown. It's like, you know, where in the Darnell world is Darnell Mooney? Where is he? Drafted where is he? Relatively early. Cole is starting tight end on... Put up goose eggs two weeks in a row. A majority of teams, they they, they just overall don't look good. Um, and I, I just don't get the, the not throwing the ball with Fields. You're going to lose the game anyways. What's the difference? 11 At times. Least give, give the guy a chance. 11 times. Uh, the Monday night games, both of them, again, kind of went the route that I thought they were going to. The Bills just dominated the Titans. As soon as they started getting up in the second quarter, um, that just led to the Titans getting away from you know, Derrick Henry. Um, if the Titans aren't winning games, they're going to have a tough time coming back in games with Tannehill. Yeah, and Hilliard didn't play, so they they had no dump off guy, so it's yeah. tough. Henry, I mean Henry ended up with with the touchdown, which probably you know salvaged some some fantasy for for some people. Thirteen for twenty five just didn't look good. He another one just kind of looked like he didn't have the burst that he once did, and it could just be early season. It could be that they were playing Buffalo at Buffalo, and Buffalo's defense is really good. Uh, my, I mean, I think everyone's takeaway from this is Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. They probably just scored another touchdown right now because they're just unstoppable. Um, they digs just all night, essentially wide open. Again, it, it just runs down the field, runs a route. If he's not the best route runner in the league, he's definitely in the conversation. Um, and Josh Allen targets him. He had 14 targets, 12 catches, three touchdowns, no Gabe Davis, didn't matter. They, they spread the ball around all over the place. Guys were open all over the place. And Josh Allen didn't even have to play the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, you would think when they went up, they were going to start rushing the ball, but they, they barely did so. I mean, uh, Singletary was supposed to be the lead back, 6 for 19. They did give the ball back to James Cook, which uh good for him because he fumbled on his opening uh, touch in his NFL uh, debut. So uh, giving the kid some confidence back, you know, knowing that, you know, they had the – the lead um but on the flip side yeah derrick henry abysmal performance 1.9 yards a carry good to see Traylon barks lead uh, lead the team in targets uh as a rookie he's got some you know flack for you know inhaler use and being out of shape and this that and the other thing but he looks like to be the go-to guy in the receiving game for tennessee what receiving game that is i uh, I don't know, but um, you know, uh, if you own him, at least someone to keep an eye on. Not I mean, much more to take home. Mike can be. Game. I mean, he he's definitely a, uh, a, a. If you got him in dynasty, you're happy. If you got him in a league that you know is a redraft, but you have a keeper, you probably got him pretty late. So I mean, there's some value there when you're when you're holding on to him for sure. He looked good. Um, last game of the night was the Vikings at the Eagles. The Vikings. The primetime Kirk Cousins meltdowns are epic. <laughs> They're just unbelievable. There, I mean, as, how do you like that? As the um, as the sun is going to rise in the morning, is as certain as Cousins is going to shit his pants when he plays on Monday Night Football. Um, it sucks because I actually don't don't mind Kirk Cousins. He just can't 
play in primetime or uh, NFL playoff games. Um, three interceptions. He probably could have thrown seven interceptions. Uh, Darius Slay owned him. Just owned Justin Jefferson. Um, Jefferson still ended up with six catches for 48 yards, but Darius Slay put on a clinic. If there's anything that any other DB can take away or a defensive coordinator can take away, then Minnesota's going to be in trouble because there was nothing that they could do to get him, you know, wide open, I would say. They they refused to throw the ball to Thielen until the fourth quarter for some reason. And, um, yeah, they overall just didn't look good. Dalvin Cook looked like a mess. Madison kept losing his footing on that field. Um they didn't yep. even att- attempt to get the running game going, though. Like, six carries to 17 yards. I'll give it to you. Uh, to you, you know, 2.8 yards a carry for Cook is not good. But, I mean, it wasn't like the game was completely. Yeah, yeah, he, he just, you got to get something going. You know, uh, if you want that play action to go, you want Justin Jefferson to get open or Adam Thielen or Irv Smith, any of these guys, you need to establish some kind of run game. And they just didn't establish anything. Um, and they were shut down. On the flip side, uh, Hurts, man, he's looking as good as advertised. Uh, Nick and I talked about this off air. Um, his wife is a big time Philly fan. I, I'm not a NFC fan at all, uh, just because I love the Patriots. Um, but you know, uh, last year, uh, after one of the games, one of the, uh, the bleachers fell and, uh, Jalen Hurts was a class act helping people up. And I was just like, you know, this guy's got, you know, true character as this guy was getting, you know, all the flack from Philly fans. And now it's like the tide has completely changed and everyone loves him. Uh, but he's still the same guy. He just needed the opportunity. And man, he looked, he wasn't just the, you know, a, a funnel to AJ Brown. He spread the ball all over Dallas Goddard looked good. Devonta Smith got going again. He had a bomb to Kez Watkins. Uh, AJ Brown still did his thing. Um, Miles Sanders, you know, pretty decent on the ground, not amazing, but decent enough. And then if not, it's all good because Jalen Hurts is fantastic running the ball too. So 11 for 57 and two TDs rushing. I mean, Nick, what do you think? I mean, the, the team's got to believe in Hurts because they went out and they got A.J. Brown for him. Devonta Smith has, you know, been there. They got rid of her, uh, Zach Ertz and gave Goddard essentially the tight end one role. Um, they kept Miles Sanders around even after last year. He had a disappointing season. I think he's having a much better bounce back year. Um, I think he had a touchdown week one, 80 yards this week. He had a few catches too. Yeah, three for six. Um, so some PPR points there. Hertz looks really, really good. Um, they're going to be another team, I think, that their defense is, is going to kind of set up a lot of their offense. Um, if they can keep teams, obviously, if they can keep teams to seven points, that's going to be you know, pretty good. But I think in the in the NFC, if they can keep some of these games lower scoring, um, yeah, I mean they're gonna be they're gonna be favorites right up there with Tampa, you know, the Rams, you know, maybe a few others as far as like you know, Super Bowl contenders from the NFC or NFC East champs. Yeah, that kind of brings us uh, that that wraps up our you know uh, week breakdown uh, for the games. Uh, again, you know, kind of. Our takeaways, uh, uh, injuries, people to maybe look out for on the waiver wire, things of that nature. That kind of brings us into our next topic real quick, and we'll just quickly go over. Nick, uh, if you were to head to the waiver wire, I don't think there's any name out there like Jeff Wilson like last week. But if there was, you know, uh, throw a few players out there that uh, you'd be running to the waiver wire to get. And if so, how much would you be willing to spend? So I think the two that are going to be hot this week are Garrett Wilson from the Jets. And Darrell Williams, you know, depending on the 
I guess the the the, the weekly update uh, for Connor, you know, which seems to be pretty positive for him right now. I think people will still pick him up. Um, I mean, I think Wilson's probably the guy, the number one guy. Him, I guess if Dotson's still out there for you from Washington, you can you can throw some cash on them. For myself, um, I think Wilson has the opportunity to to get in that wide receiver two type of uh, type of role, especially because the Jets, you know, outside of him and Corey Davis, like that, you know, Elijah Moore has underperformed so far. So I think he he's their number one as far as you know from a target perspective. Flacco seems to like him. He trusts him, and he's catching touchdowns. Um, I mean, Wilson, I would throw, you know, depending on what you need on your team, um, you know, I would say 7 8% if you really, really, really need a, a wide receiver and you're desperate and you're going to start him immediately, you know, 10%. Um, Williams, again, depending on what, what you need, but, you know, 5%, maybe somewhere around that on your fab budget. Um, obviously, if you have you know just waivers and you need guys, you put a waiver claim on them. Um, and then the two other ones that I think are obviously out there, single quarterback leagues, you may not need these guys, but if you own you know Rogers or you know somewhere Stafford, somewhere along that category where they're kind of they might be hit or miss week to week. Um, I think if two is out there and Jimmy G, um, you know Jimmy coming in cold off the bench, played well this week. And we know that he he meshes well with with Debo. Um, those would probably be the guys that that I would target. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, I definitely agree with you. I think Wilson is the top guy. I think uh, the eight to ten percent uh, mark is is the right uh, amount of money to spend on him. Again, if you're desperate for receivers and you want to you know ramp up to fifteen percent and you want to go hard because you think he's going to be the guy, fantastic. Again, I don't know how that will sh- you know um, shape out when Zach Wilson gets back. Um, yeah, we thought Moore was going to be that guy. Is, you know, does that change? Corey Davis is always in there, um, so you you never. Never know uh, how that's gonna you know work out. Conklin's actually been getting a lot of targets to their tight end, so um, and it's a Jets, so uh, hard to trust anybody. Is he gonna be better than a wide receiver three? We don't know. Uh, Dot's another one. I like him. However, there's a lot of mouths to feed, and you know, uh, in Washington, uh, they get a really tough schedule coming up. Uh, I think that Michael Gallup should be a guy that you might be wanting to target. He should be coming back at some point in time. Uh, with Dalton Schultz po- possibly going down and missing time, he might, you know, uh, get in and get uh, rushed to uh, immediate targets. Again, temporary expectations. You have uh, Cooper Rush as their quarterback, so I don't know how that's going to pan out. Um, uh, and then uh, a couple other guys to, to think about is uh, Dortch from from Arizona. If you didn't pick him up last week, again, got in the end zone again for a second week. Uh, in a decent amount of targets, plays in a high-octane offense. Uh, I don't know whether or not he's going to continue when Rondale Moore comes back and when, when in fact, that he is going to come back. Yeah, when and if. Um, uh, hamstring injuries can, you know, linger for a little bit. And then lastly, uh, if you, you know, uh, need a tight end, because we haven't really talked about tight ends, I think you can go out and potentially get Tyler Higby. He's probably uh, available in most leagues. Again, uh had nine targets this week, seven for 71, and he holds a lot of red zone targets. So at some point in time, he will get an end zone. And two more from the tight end perspective that I threw on mine were Logan Thomas from Washington is uh, is definitely a, 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 a target. Um, I don't need tight ends in a lot of my leagues, but 
Um, if I can get him just as a free agent, I might scoop him and stash him. Um, and then Irv Smith looked pretty good last night. Um, you know, you can do worse than him, um, especially if people that were invested in Albert O from Denver or Hooper or someone, you know, from Tennessee, someone like that, that aren't getting the targets. Um, I think there's better out there. Now, again, you know, two or three or four points a week might be the only difference in, in that, but that that's that's could be week to week. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I definitely agree. Uh, Gerald Everett's another one to throw out there. He probably got scooped last week yep. uh, with the injuries, but if he didn't, he's still out there. He might be someone to go get. And Sterling Shepard's probably my last dart throw, and it's just because I don't know who else they're going to throw the ball to uh, in New York. You just have to understand you're tying yourself to Daniel Jones and how much you can trust that. Um, is not uh, very high, but again, he he's getting a ton of targets, and I think they're going to be playing from uh, behind more times than not. So that brings us into our next topic. Um, my favorite topic: the easiest way to waste money is to bet with us. So we're going to cover what we what we threw out last week, which was um, the Chiefs. They won. They did not cover. Uh, the Steelers, which if you bet on Sunday, you pushed with the Steelers because they ended up working all the way up to plus three, but we, on the Tuesday night, would have taken them at one and a half, would not have covered. The Saints, plus three, lost by ten, off the top of my head. Um, Green Bay, minus ten, one, and then Cincy lost outright as a minus seven and a half point favorite so <laughs> we went one and four last week hopefully um, you did better or you had to have done better than we did um, but we're gonna take another shot at it this week and uh, we got some we got some other ones uh, I have some bets that I kind of already threw in this week that I liked um, two of the over teams that we were talking about the bills in Miami will um, I think it should be a shootout this week it's going to be 52 and a half. I took the over there. I believe, Nick, you said it was already up to 53 and a half. It was, yeah. Um, I took it at 52 and a half. That, I, I can't imagine it's going to go much higher than 53 and a half, but we'll see. But I liked the over at 52 and a half. Um, same thing with Detroit and Minnesota. I think Detroit is going to be a big over team. They don't play a ton of defense. They have uh, you know home run hitters with St. Brown and, and Swift across the board. They push the ball down the field. Um, the Thursday night game, which is Pittsburgh and Cleveland, the under is, excuse me, the over-under is 38. I took the under. I just, it's 39 I, here, so. I just have a tough time even adding up a, I mean, maybe 21-17 adds to 38. I just don't know how Pittsburgh or Cleveland's going to score more than 21, either of them, really. I, they, they just. Brown's D them. is legit, too. I mean, it's no slouch. So. And, I mean, I don't See, think I'm, Pittsburgh's right. D's terrible uh so i just think it's going to be a sloppy game it's a division game it's thursday night you know no one's going to be full 100 percent healthy um you know just my opinion thursday night games typically suck i think they should do away with them they should just do two monday night games every week instead of a thursday night game but the nfl will never give up that thursday night slot um i know the money that has got from bezos <laughs> yeah I'm fading myself after last week and how much shit I talked about <laughs> the Jets and Joe Flacco, and I'm taking the Jets this week at plus the four Jets and a half. The Jets suck, and Flacco sucks. 
That was and the quarter of the Flacco week. threw four touchdowns and they won the game. <laughs> and so I'm going to take the Jets. I might bet the Jets for the rest of the season just because I I know they're probably they'll probably win the Super Bowl. Um, I took them plus four and a half. I think Cincinnati is at. I just can't do it at New York. I, they have week. to turn around at some point. I can't do it. Uh, I could see Cincy. Evan McPherson kicking a game-winning field goal since he plays a lot of close games. Um, they have to play better. It's going to be that's going to be. I think it's going to be a closer game than four and a half. So I'm I'm good with the points. And then I took Tampa minus two and a half. Um, they're playing Green Bay in Tampa. I I think even without Mike Evans, Tampa still wins the game. Um, you know Brady owns Rodgers, just from a head-to-head perspective he owns everybody and tampa just typically plays really well at home green bay's got to come down from wisconsin to play in tampa uh the weather's going to be much different um you know coming from from a patriots fan over here every time patriots play in miami they always get their ass kicked um you know the weather's just different it's going to be much hotter there's going to be humidity and that type of stuff that they're not practicing in that they're not used to um, you know, I think the two and a half is probably going to go up to three at some point. So if it's under three, I'm good with it. And that's kind of where I, I laid my lines with, uh, with, with Tampa and Green Bay. Um, and those were my five that I had for the week that I threw in already. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, stay away from, uh, my my betting odds this week i will say i do like the first couple that you threw out nick um i will say uh for marquee matchup though uh might be uh you know on monday night um is new york giants versus dallas cowboys so those are crazy nfc's fans um we'll see uh yo the giants at home on a monday night two and oh that stadium's probably gonna be wild yeah it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be Dallas a gonna game. have a tough time and, and I want to see Tua against Bills D uh, to see how legit he is. And that's, uh, for us as Patriots fans, that's a big game because both of them right now are 2-0. and um, yep. So I hope Nick's wrong. I hope the Jets suck and Joe Flacco sucks. And I hope, obviously, one of those two teams is going to come out with uh, an L. And, man, we got Baltimore this week. So um, it's going to be tough. Uh, starting, you know, 1-2 and two would be rough. I, I really uh, hope that we go 2-1, and one, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. They're home dogs. Um, New England's getting three and a half. Uh, I mean, Belichick hasn't been a home underdog for many games in his career, obviously due to Brady. But that that that's gonna be an interesting game. I I'm just not positive how I can pinpoint on. I, I think Baltimore is probably gonna win that game, but I also think that that could be a close game as well. Um, gonna make him pat. Yeah. passing the ball yeah it's going to be it's going to be definitely going to be interesting another one that i like on next week's slate is uh the rams are at arizona i think that's going to be an awesome game um i'm a i'm a Kyler murray fan so i i'm i root for arizona and not he looks like a video I, game I, I think he's also fun to watch obviously but that that's a big game for both if i mean the division game they're both one and one no one wants to go, you know, one and two in that division, especially lose to one of their rivals. So, some bad blood probably from the playoff game last year where they were talking shit about Kyler and you know him being a midget and that he couldn't you know throw the ball that type of stuff. <laughs> um, Arizona's going to be going to be tough at home, so that's another one that I would I would I can't wait to watch in the four four o'clock slate. 
All right. Well, that uh, I think that wraps up our gambling portion. Uh, we, we're going to try to start something new every week and kind of give like uh, top fives of just about everything. This week, you know, only being week two, we, uh, we want to talk about who we feel right now is our top five power rankings uh, moving into week three. And a lot of it's, you know, uh, pretty self-explanatory. But, Nick, take it away. Who would you rank in order your top five teams in the NFL? So my power rankings right now, I mean, I think ours are going to be relatively pretty similar because it's early in the season and, you know, the Bills are number one. Yes. I think we both agree that the Bills are number one. Um, I also think that we agree that the Chiefs are number two. Agreed. Um, I put Tampa at three mainly because Tom Brady just goes to Super Bowls. But... I just think that their defense is unbelievable and very underrated right now. Obviously, we don't talk a ton about defense here. You know, talking about fantasy and you know, defense isn't going to go on ESPN and Fox Sports and all that stuff. Um, just from a purely power rankings perspective, I think if Tampa and Philly played neutral field right now, Tampa would probably win. Um, that's why I put them above Philly at four. Um, Philly looks really good. You know, Hertz is... MVP conversation type of guy and I, I mean I think he would have to I think he would have to be there um, I put Philly 4 and then um, Miami 5 mm. um, I think I think you can't I mean Miami's 2-0 and there's nothing more that you can say to that they're 2-0 and um, Tua looks unbelievable the offense looks unbelievable they look like they could be you know, arguably the best offense in the league um, so yeah, that's who I would put as my top five right now. How about you? All right, uh, a little a little different. Again, I definitely agree. Buffalo just they're on a different planet right now. Uh, Josh Allen looks like he has something to prove, and he is just balling out. Uh, so yeah, I have Buffalo at one. Harton, I, I have to you know put Mahomes uh, and Casey at two, especially at that comeback win over the Chargers. Uh, no Tyreek Hill. He's still getting it done. Uh, so I have them at two. Got to put Philly at three right now. Um, they just look really good, especially I had doubts about their defense, but they came to play this past week, shutting down arguably one of the best receivers in the league and Justin Jefferson. So it was good to see because uh, they you know, uh, had a lot of points scored on them you know, uh, by Detroit in week one. So I wasn't sure, but I have them at three. Uh, and then at four, I have to I have to stay with Tom Brady and and the Bucks again. That defense pretty good. He's playing with you know uh, hurt people left and right, uh, and their offensive line is in shambles. Yet he's still getting the job done. And then I have to round it out. I know I'm going to go away. I'm going to go to a team that does have a loss, but I think the Chargers are uh, going to be a problem. Uh, I think that Herbert's that good. I think the defense is better than it was uh, played. Uh, hard to take a lot away from playing against you know Mahomes and and KC and Andy Reid as a uh, offensive guru. But uh, I mean, one of them had to lose that game. Yeah. Thursday so night. Um, I think the Chargers actually, instead of you know. Uh, Casey winning the game, I think the Chargers actually lost that game. I mean, they arguably if they had scored on that drive instead of having a pick six in the end zone for 100 yards or whatever, I think that could have been a, a different tale of the tape. But it is what it is. It is football. I have the Chargers at five. 
Um, can't put Miami there yet. This is the test this week if they ball out against Buffalo. Yeah, I think we can we can update this kind of you know as we move forwards. Obviously, you know power rankings is going to be a fluid situation. We'll 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 try to jump those in and um, give our top five of the week. Uh, some other topics, you know, some receivers, MVP type of candidates, running backs, that type of stuff, um, and just touch on those on a weekly basis. Um, that was pretty much it for us. Um, thanks for listening. If you're still, you know, if you're still tuned in, this is episode two. So obviously we're still fine tuning some, you know, some details here, but, uh, anything that we can, you know, that we can do better, that people want to hear, that people want to, uh, listen to, please feel free to, uh, you know, to give us a review and, you know, throw your comments in there. Um, anything before we sign off? Yeah, man, I, I, you know, uh, I'm glad that you just reached out. I want to say thank you to all the listeners that listened for week one. Uh, I was very uh, happy. And More than with, I thought we were going um, to. With the feedback that I did receive, um, or I should say we, we did receive, the things we could do better. Obviously, we try to work on a few of those things this week. Um, but again, this is going to be something that's going to be uh, continuing to evolve at you know every episode uh so again if you want to hear about something or something that you, you think that we failed to do please uh your criticism means a lot and again uh i hope you enjoyed it and good luck uh in week three of the 2022 2023 season we'll talk to you all next week later